Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Ken Bergen runs a business called Profitable Hospitality, a resource for those in the restaurant, cafe, hotel and club sectors. His business provides the latest information and trends for busy hospitality professionals with a focus on making their business more profitable and popular. He broadcasts a weekly podcast and it will be interesting to see how he goes at being a guest for a change. So welcome, Ken. Hey, Robert. Great to be here. And uh, it is nice to be on the other side of the uh, the recording desk. Yeah. Well, that's good. So look, our topic today that I'd love to talk or talk with you about is, is, so you want to open a shop or cafe. So that's the kind of the title. And I'm sure that, uh, like me, you, you, know, you don't have to go to too many gatherings of small business owners or small business kind of startups before you bump into somebody who says, oh, I really want to open a cafe. I mean, you presumably probably get it everywhere you go. Um, someone who's itching to start a cafe or, or, or kind of just dying to open a shop, got a, a plan that's kind of filed away somewhere. And indeed, I'm one of those people. I have a little plan for my retirement shop. But um, what do you say when you bump into these people? And what's your first kind of response? Right. Well, I meet about 20 of these people every month, actually, because I run a workshop in Sydney called Starting a Cafe or Restaurant. Oh, and uh, I think like... All of us, no one wants to be told don't do this and don't do that and that's a bad idea because we, we just close down with that information. Sure. So, you know, my approach yeah, when I've got a day with people is to just give them a whole lot of new new facts and new information and they'll make their own decisions. But where the, the thing that's a little bit different with cafes, restaurants and I think with retail, small retail too, is we're actually dealing with a a level of a, a sort of irrational emotion. See, people are actually in love with the idea. And mm. uh, think about a friend you might have who suddenly tells you that they just started seeing a new person. They're absolutely over the moon and they're going to move in with this person or get married or something. And you know something about this person. You think that is such a bad like, <laughs> you You're never going to talk them out of it, are you? you no, know, this never. Is, this is not rational stuff. No. And hopefully later on, before it's too late, they'll discover uh, that this person's got two heads or, you know, yep. has uh, been in jail multiple times or something. But <laughs> So, you know, that's what uh, one of the things that uh, causes, I think, so many issues here is people have this, um, you know, it's about caring for people and meeting lots of people and mm. hospitality and something that, you know, an expression of ourselves that is, you know, a fine one, but it doesn't mean that it's turns into a fine and easy business, you know, which no. is making an income for us. So can I ask you one, week out. one thing that I guess, you know, for most most people, I mean, there will clearly be some that have, that have really kind of gone through the industry and understand it. But for a lot of people, a lot of these people that you're bumping into and certainly springs to mind some of the people that I've met, 
the closest they've been to hospitality is kind of standing on the other side of the counter mm. and that mm -hmm. that clearly is, is 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 no position upon which to make a decision so how do you kind of how do you start to get people into that space of of just really uh, inquiring you know within as to whether they're actually the right people to do this well one of the things that I do and I is really get people understanding how the numbers work mm. um, you know the profit calculations and uh, just the idea of I, I, I do a detailed explanation for people of how <clears throat> the idea of fixed costs and variable costs and how the break-even point is which is you know how many sales dollars every week you got to make before you make your first dollar in profit and uh, this is, um, you know, it's simple accounting and we do it with diagrams. We don't do spreadsheets or anything like that. And right. the room gets very quiet when I do that because <laughs> everyone's sort of making their own considerations. And a lot of people who have this idea too, they're on, well, not always on well-paid jobs, but, uh, you know, if you're <clears throat> taking home uh, or if you're kind of gross income's a couple of thousand dollars a week and you're mm. taking home and you've got a nice holidays and you've got a super and all those sorts of things. And trading that, you really may be trading down for a couple of years and to a lot of uncertainty. So I find just um, talking numbers is a nice kind of unemotional way to do it. But there's also another, if I'm feeling bold with someone, I just say mm. they're too old. You know, okay. I'm too old. I'm a baby boomer. It, All right. it, it's just not a good look. Let me just let me go back one step before we... Before I'm we, rushing out here. No, that's all right. I'm just thinking, hey, I'm a baby boomer too. We better watch where we're going here. Um, but so the, kind of looking at the numbers, clearly a very good spot, you know, place for you to start. And then typically then when you've got a room full of these people at these sort of events that you run, uh -huh. do you see people already kind of working out, you know, how quickly they can get to the exit? Is it? Yeah, well, it, I, you see, I'm clever. I, we, I don't do that till the last segment of the day. Oh, you're very and, and then I have a little, I say, you know why I did this at the end, don't you? You know, because I want you back after lunchtime. I'm not doing this for, but, right. but we accumulate a lot of information so we can put, a proper calculation together because, you know, we talk all about staff and the cost of staff and hourly costs and all that. So, you you know, all the the, the, the moving parts in this simple profit calculation, we've, mm. we've had to build up to that, you know, and menu costs and things like that. So would you say, I mean, I'm sort of pushing you to a kind of conclusive comment, which uh, a bit early in the piece, but um, would you say that the reason that um, the majority of these small businesses don't work is absolutely just because of, does it go right back to the numbers sort of most times? Yes, yes, usually. Because, see, people will say, well, I want this to be a creative expression and all the rest. Yeah, but that's, that's okay. But you don't feel very creative when you can't get to sleep because you're in mm. overdraft and, yep. you know, the money's not working. And we, a lot of people wouldn't remember, I can remember those, those times. It's not, it's not funny. Mm. And um, so, you know, that's, that's just the important thing to, to get people thinking about. Yeah, that. and it's hard, isn't it, when you've got someone in front of you who's, you know, overflowing with passion. They've mm. visited sort of every cafe in their suburb and the next mm. few suburbs and think they've absolutely found a gap in the market for their unique expression. Um, uh, well, and sometimes they've been on holidays too. They've been away to this gorgeous little place in the mm. country or the bush and you couldn't get a decent coffee, you couldn't even get a sandwich and therefore there's a gap in the market. Well, yes. I say, is it a gap or is it a chasm? You know, you're mm. going to fall down <laughs> in it because there actually may not be enough people who are prepared to spend money to give you 
a weekly income. Yeah, and how? So let's. Why don't we look at that point because that, that's a that's a very good. We'll, I haven't forgotten the baby boomers. I'm just trying to recover from it, but we'll okay. come back to that. But um, <laughs> dusting yourself. Yeah, off. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to trying to feel a bit younger. Um, so with the this whole issue of of obviously passing trade, you know, somewhat important with any uh-huh. kind of retail place. But how do you how do do you advise people to to measure this? You know, do a the, bit of a research. Yeah. yeah. How do, well, what's well, the one, most one good thing it? to start is our the census data. You know, the mm. last census was 2011, I think, and hopefully there's another one in 2016 as planned because that is fantastic information, postcode by postcode, of how many people live there, how many. Um, different ages, income levels, occupation. So, you know, if it's an area where people, you're going to be in an area predominantly where people are living, um, that's that's a great start. Sure. Obviously, if it's a tourist's area or like the CBD or something like that, it's a bit different, but they're kind of unique situations anyway. So that's a good way to start. Okay, and then is is the good old fashioned standing outside on a street for a number of hours and yes. watching? I mean, is- yes, definitely, and mm. and you know, being kind of uh, realistic about the competition. You know, there's two other cafes now. You say their coffee's crap, but um, mm. is it, it, it? Maybe they're doing the good, doing a good market. You know, people like McCafe um, cut a swathe through all the country cafes because. Their coffee was good enough for people yeah. who were travelling and they had clean toilets and the children could run around and you could sort of calm down for 15 mm. minutes. So, you know, and their competitors, although they might have been small and unique and precious, just didn't cut it in comparison to that you know, good enough market, which is what a lot of people want. Yeah, and it's so interesting, isn't it? Because so often, particularly with cafes, and I know we'll, I'll broaden it out in a moment, but... So often you hear people saying, well, yeah, but mine's going to be different because the mm. coffee is so good. It's yes. you know, hand-roasted yeah. by, you know, small Indian pygmies or some astonishing sort of reason that this coffee is so damn good. But as you say, it's sadly, it's that's often... Well, look, good coffee is actually the price of entry now. That, that's yeah, okay. There's actually nothing... That's not enough to be special because the coffee companies have worked hard and brutally and <laughs> in all the different ways to get... Pretty much all the suppliers do, all, all the, the cafes up in, who carry their beans doing a much better job. Now, I, you know, the first coffee of the day for me has got to be good, and I get disappointed by weak, milky coffee. Mm. But um, a lot of places, it is, yeah, it, just having amazing coffee is. Is entry not level, enough. entry yeah. level. Okay. Well, look, and I, I'll, I'll wager you make your own coffee the first thing in the morning, don't you? Being an uh, ex-barista. No, don't you? No, you go out. No, okay. I'm, I'm a cup of tea until my first coffee. Well, sometimes right. it's at home, but sometimes it's – you know, the other thing that's really kind of biting into that market too is the, is Nespresso and oh, I know. machines like that. Mm. And, you know, a lot of places um, the boss goes and puts uh, coffee machines in the tea room. Well, what a nice boss. He just doesn't want everyone traipsing off downstairs no. for an excursion. You know? I bet everybody but, ducks for cover when yeah, they but see even Ken Bergen areas, coming in. areas, you know, who've given up – on their local cafe because it's, you know, very deeply ordinary. They mm. get online, Nespresso delivers, and, yep. you know, it's, it's a cult. <laughs> sure is. Okay, let's go back to those dear baby boomers then. So yeah. this is this is clearly an age thing. So you're talking whether it's a shop, whether it's, it's a cafe. It's hard work. Okay, it's okay. hard physical work. You're on your feet for a long, long, long time. And uh, you've got, you're on your feet for a long time. You have no privacy. That's another thing which 
for you know change of life people who are coming maybe from corporate or something where they had an office or they weren't having but now you've got to be working side by side in hot sweaty work with a bunch of you know crazy teenagers and people who don't speak your language and you know it's like there's no privacy there's a lot of things that mm. it's uh, it's yeah, it's grunt work, and, and I guess there's no off button, is there? You can't just kind of shut up shop for a couple of hours. Well, and- you see, once you, it, a lot of the businesses, and actually, it's the businesses that are the most profitable, often they've got a small niche. I'm not saying small equals profitable, but they've got a small footprint that's very easy to manage because they got very low rent. Mm. And that, but that means you got to be there all the time. Yeah. You can have the afternoon off and have a swim, but you cross your fingers that everything went okay. But if you want to actually just have time, be more like the owner-manager, which is the dream of a lot of people I see, you've actually got to have a business big enough to support that real manager. Um, you know, my cafe in Glebe that I had years ago, we used to do, you know, 3,000 customers a week sometimes. So I could afford a real manager and a real chef, but that was a that was a bit of an exception, mm. Really, and the, and the cost of setting up something like that, well, that, that grew to be that size. That wasn't sort of how it was to start with. And so most small cafes and shops are a single operator or, or typically a husband and wife sort of set up, That's they? right, That's yes. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. do you, are you saying then that in, the, in a large number of cases that just doesn't kind of cut it as you move forwards or it can well, do? Well, if you want to, I mean, people get very ambitious with businesses you know when everything's really working well they think oh I better do another one well you know mm. I did that it was a silly thing to do because you know running two businesses is very different to running one two times mm. a different set of management skills a lot more delegation more systems that are needed and you can only be in one of them yeah 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 um and- okay let me, I'm going to move us on to a slightly different different topic mm. so um, do you is, is it sort of true that it, it happens in the kind of cafe industry as it does in other businesses where a common mistake is that the fine barista gets starts you know gets promoted into being the manager of the place and then things start to drop off? Well, I mean, look, I'm not a big fan of this the B word barista. I know I'm not. <laughs> I won't. I won't win. Try to eliminate it, but. I, the people who make coffee, it, they've got to be fast and accurate and do it exactly the way I say, the exact number of grams. I've got it all set up um, so that they do it, you know, very quickly because that turnover, say, between 7 and 8.30 in the morning might be, you know, a third or a half of our sales. So you've got to have barista skills, but it's like bar people. As soon as you call people a bar, you know, the bar worker or the barista, they suddenly they don't want to come out and clear tables or do... <laughs> yeah, okay, because they're ce- celebrity <laughs> help with baristas. the cleaning, yeah. Right. So I, I, I know there's lots of people who have that and, and there are certain, certainly a lot of skills there, but look, a lot of them are actually physical skills, mm. really. They're, they're teachable, learnable, and, you know, they're to do with dexterity and just following systems. But Yeah, um, okay. I, mean, I must remember that, or, or I, I, I do remember that... Um, one of my favourite cafes was was a had a barista who was far more than just a barista. He was mm-hmm. a guy who could sort of. He um, was a counsellor, was he? Yeah, no, but he could, <laughs> almost. But he could greet you with his eyes. You yeah. know, he could be. He's that kind yeah. of person. But that's where, multitasking. Absolutely, and you knew yeah. that you'd already been heard, even though you hadn't yeah, necessarily said right. anything. 
And it's so, so off. I mean, it must drive you nuts. How do you enjoy going to a cafe when you know so much about cafes? Yeah. I mean, it must, well, must be horrible I, for I, you. I, no, well, I, I only get, I don't go to the horrible ones, but 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 I, I think like a lot of things, you can sort of see from outside whether it's going to be decent, just the way it's set up and the, you know, the the table's been cleaned or is it all a bit of a mess or something like that. You, but that you know, acknowledging people at the same time as you're doing something is the same as you know. There's some people can't take two orders at the same time. I mean, that's mm. another skill, but that's teachable too. Yeah, you know, it's teachable, and you got to drill people and how to do it and remind them when they forgot and, you know, they, we have very low standards for a lot of staff, I think, and I'm not just saying in this country, but it's mm. just that sort of manual work. It's just get people into the rhythm and then look after them and make have it fun and if they stay for a couple of years, that's terrific. Sure. And so, where, I mean, we've looked at, um, you know, how to research. You've, you've emphasised the importance of the census. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the extreme sort of energy levels that are needed in mm-hmm. pretty well in running a lot of solo businesses, but particularly one, I guess, where you're kind of, you're on duty from the minute you open the door to the minute you close it. Um, and But aside from the sort of financial point of view, so making sure that they've crunched the numbers at the beginning, mm. where else do you see typically these kind of businesses going wrong? What are the other some of the other classic Well, a lot of times there's nothing special about them. The coffee's fine. Right. The sandwich was fine. Um, you know, I, I'm a bit of a sweet tooth and in my cafe we had – we made all our own cakes and desserts and they were fantastic and we had lots of people coming, you know. But so I, I look at places, you know, what, what's the muffin like? Do they make it themselves or is it the same old thing that everyone um, buys in? And, you know, mm-hmm. what, what sort of, if I bought, wanted a little slice of lemon tart or something like that, you know, a lot of the, there's nothing special about, about okay. most places. There's even Even like the music, you know, there's a, one place in Paddington, I know, where you go in, they've got the acoustics right, you can hear this fantastic music that they choose, but most places, you know, it's all those elements that build up atmosphere. Okay, so it's not necessarily one thing that becomes special, but it, it's, it's mm. presumably... Comfort, it's, service, yep. physical, environment, what's on the plate, what's in the cup, yeah. Mm. Okay. Now, one thing that i got to tell you that drives me nuts, and I'm very interested in your opinion on this, and I, I wrote an article about it not long ago, is this whole thing about help yourself to water. Uh-huh. Now, yeah. can I just go on a rant just for a second? Please, and then you tell go. me right. You tell, you tell me whether I'm being a fussy customer. Right, so I go into a cafe, right? I go in and nice and early in the morning, let's say, when it's not too busy, I park myself quite away from the front counter because I want to be near the street so I can watch the world go by. There's not many other people in there and I'd like a glass of water and my waiter or waitress says the water's over there. Yes, and L- lazy. Yeah, and they're not busy and no. I'm like, that's, okay. that's not right, is it? Yeah. Well, look, it gets there's a, there's a next step up from that which I think is still not good enough is they plonk a bottle of water and one or two cups on your table and that's it. I mean, first of all, when was that bottle last? You, you're going to be really... Not touch water after this, but when was that? <laughs> when was that bottle actually last washed out? Right, because you know even just plain water is a a good place for bacteria. But you know the uh, when I kind of coach people on customer service, topping up water or pouring water out of a jug is an opportunity to approach people, especially for sort of younger, shyer staff. Mm. They can go and that's the time because then that is combined with the magic. Prophet words, would you like another coffee? Yep. 
you know, we know we always got your first um, order, but you know, you and everyone listening, when was the last time you were asked, would you like mm. another coffee? Because I will usually have a second one, yep. but oftentimes I don't. Yeah, look, I'm the same, and I'm often looking for an excuse to stay a bit longer. Yeah, and, yeah. and um, when someone comes and just tops the water yeah. up and just fusses around, me. so simple. And, mm. and that's, but this is choosing the right people. They are around. I will not accept this thing that they, they we can't find them. No, right. you just got to change it, improve your recruitment, and make it a nice place to work. Mm. But and yet, so many, you know. So I won't stick on this topic for too long. But you know, and yet, it seems that so many cafes just stick with that. I mean, I can see the financial yeah. logic is like we're not earning any money from that, so go and get it yourself. No, but it, no, it's uh, such a negative from a customer service point of yeah, view, isn't it? Yeah, that's rubbish. It's the same though as. People say, oh, don't, don't uh, have the chairs too comfortable because they'll stay. Well, if they stay, sell them another coffee or don't offer free Wi-Fi because they'll just stick around all day. No, they mm. don't. No. They don't stick around. And look, if someone did stick around all day, ask them to order something else. And if they mm. refuse, ask them to leave. You mm. know, it's just like we're talking one in 500 people who might abuse it. So yep. we're making the, you know, anyway. We're going hammer and tongs here, aren't we? <laughs> no, I agree. So let, let me ask, ask you something else about exit plans. So yes, a uh, number of people come in, we know come into this this business, particularly in our cities. You know, we've got cafes mm-hmm. and small shops opening everywhere. We've got this whole pop-up sort of phenomenon going on at the moment as well. What would you say is 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 the sort of incidence of, of an exit plan? Do, do most of the people well, you look, come across there's, have one? There's a th- the exit plan is three words in which you've got to think about when you before you start, and that is, and this is from my friend Peter, the cafe lawyer, that you must understand that three magic words is you must sell. Right. Sooner or later, you have to sell. You will want to sell. Better if you want to sell sooner. Um, so if you except you must sell. You want to make sure your lease and the way you design the cafe or every step of the way you're going to say, may design something that someone else has come along and say, oh, I love that place. Wow, it looks so easy to organise or easy to run and, God, they're making good money and the rent's not too high and how mm. much you want, mate, you know. And a lot of places, um, it's, it's, you know, when complex. they're tired, Tired and uh, cranky and not making any money and it's complicated and it's no one wants to buy it. No, of course. Oh, look, too right. And, and, you know, we all recognise those cafes pretty quickly, don't mm. we, when we mm. walk into them. So you're basically saying des- design to sell kind of from the get-go. Yes, get, from and the get design go. to sell before you reach the peak as well. And that might mean within two or three years, you know. And so... This idea of, you know, my cafe, my new lifestyle, my new long-term, no, that's not, look, very, sometimes that works. People have something for eight, ten or more years, but usually this is mostly the successful people have sold long before that. They're on to mm. the next one. Sure. And and are, are there a number of entrepreneurs that are literally just moving in? Yes. Build, it's, there yeah, are. It's, okay. it's, more, it's more a CBD city kind of thing there where, you know, there's a very high demand and it's Monday to Friday. So you right. see, that's the other thing about successful uh, saleable places and places that sell for a high multiple um, of their profit or a higher multiple is because mm. they're simple to run. Monday to Friday, daytime, you can have a life and a business, mm. not give up your weekends, give up your nights. Yeah. 
lovely. Okay. Now, um, another, well, well, let's just go back to that pop-up phenomena if mm -hmm. we can. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is happening not just in Australia, happening all over the world as a, as a, as a means to try and invigorate some of our sort of dying retail strips. And, you know, finally, it seems like some of the landlords are kind of getting the idea that, yeah, okay, rather than sitting empty, I might as well have a bit of activity in there. What's your thought of that? Is that a good testing ground for somebody? Well, I'm not seeing too much of it happening in food, really. Okay. I, I see it in fashion and retail, like an area like Paddington in Sydney, which has been a fashion strip, which has got an alarming number of empty shops. You know, mm. Australia is just over-retail. There's just too many shops Full stop. We will never, ever need the number. Yeah. Now, for a food business to go in, there's a lot of – it can go into a previous food business because sure. you need grease traps and waste disposal and tiles and gas and water and a whole lot of things. It's not just like, like you know, the fashion retailers can go in. But also uh, – and, and I've, you hear about it occasionally where the business has collapsed and then six months later someone pops up in there for a while. Mm. But – um, you know, what do they, they've got to make all their money while they're there and then they move on and maybe they've got, you know, the personality to establish a, a real presence and, you know, people do have that real chutzpah and that, you know, charisma and they move up the food chain and they might get snapped up by someone else to work, run a place. But yeah, and I guess it's, I guess that um, with pop-up shops a little bit, perhaps like uh, market stalls, not for cafes, as you say, or for generally for, for, for food um, places, but for other businesses, small manufacturing businesses, it can be a very good way just to get in front of a, a number of people yeah, and get I think some the, idea the really like it. For the food business is like the Saturday markets or something like that. Mm. And this can be, you know, for people who want to t test their concept, um, this can be a great way to see actually if the market is interested. Because, you know, I think of some people that I've, you know, talked, met over in the, the course over the years, you know, a guy, the German sausage guy, and he was convinced what Australians would love was this, that, and the other. Anyway, he went did the market thing and found what everyone wanted was completely opposite to what he thought, but he was flexible. It was mm. fine. But, you know, he worked his tail off for 24 hours when the market was on and then have five days off, you know, and have lots of lots mm. of money. And so, did, he, did he turn that into a viable business? Well, it's a viable business, but he never actually signed a lease. Oh, you know? okay. See, well, when you sign a lease and open a shop, I mean, the, the, you know, you turn your house upside down if you're running a market, I think, and the garage stinks and <laughs> it's full of food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and if it absolutely. rains, well, that's not too much fun. No. But, you know, I get very, you know, a good lease is 12 to 15 years. You know, I'm very worried about people signing that sort of lease. You know, the, a lease that, that long is a business that's very saleable. Yep. But, but it's you know, got most, to be very well thought yeah, through and viable before and, you, you sign. And, you know, most people, the lease they've signed is six or 12 months on a flat. Yeah. And if you find the neighbours are noisy, well, you'll be out of there soon enough. Mm. But, uh, and tell me, with your through the work that you do, through your, your podcast that you, that you broadcast, you, mm -hmm. it, it's um, beholden on you to kind of clearly to stay at the front of your game and to know what's going on and to look at innovations. What, do you, what sort of things do you observe or do you think is kind of around the corner for us? Do you, do you see anything? Uh, yeah, well, I love the podcasting. I know you said you love the podcasting. Mm. It's just a great opportunity to, to get in front of, you know, or get in the ear and the brain of all sorts of people who are thinking. Um, people, oh, trend, trend watching. 
Well, I'm thinking more, uh, I guess, look, let me ask you a couple of things. Firstly, I, what, what, what I think we, we both see, we've, you know, as you know, I was um, put on to you when I was talking to our mutual friend, Paul Wallbank, who's, you know, something of a, um, a guru on the whole sort of innovation and tech side mm. of things. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting there talking about, um, you know, new apps that are being bought out all the time by yes. big institutions and small individual companies that are really are changing the way you do things, changing the way a lot of cafes do things. Do you see anything from overseas or other things well, that you think te- will... technology and cloud technology can be a fantastic way. You know, we've got the highest... I've been told the highest labor costs for sort of base level labor, production labor in the world here. Mm. And we have to, you know, use technology wherever possible. You can't use robots for most machines, but things like online rostering or online bookkeeping or point of sale systems or selling things, selling extra products online or taking bookings online, all this kind of stuff. There is so much stuff that can be done. And that's where I see successful operators too, the new ones, um, where they're really using this technology, like a an iPod, an iPad, you know, for your point of sale system now. Mm. You can be up and running for, you know, less than a thousand dollars. Whereas, you know, five years ago that was to, you know, that's a control system and gives you a tremendous amount of important data. Um, that was five thousand dollars, you know, years ago. That's incredible, but, and, isn't it? And that integrates. You know, I, I talk to some of these uh, young guys and gals doing it, and they're using Zero for bookkeeping and things like that. And they say, oh, "I love going to Zero and doing my bank." And I think, "What? What are you, <laughs> you saying? I've never heard this from people <laughs> who love their bookkeeping, but they love that feeling of control and that they mm. know." You know, day by day, what's actually happening? So it's getting it's getting easier and easier. You would say, yeah. And you know, the fact is, all their customers, all their staff, all of us, we live Mm. that little thing in our pockets called a mobile phone. Yeah. And that has got to be as much as possible our control mechanism as well. Mm. So, you know, that's how people find you. That's how people chat about you. That's Mm. about give you an opinion about you. That's how you can check the roster if staff turned up. You know, there's so many. Things to do. That, it's amazing, that's exi- isn't it? It's exciting, and, yep. and so we want people who actually uh, they may not feel they know the technology, but they're not afraid of it. They're, they're ready to say, "Oh, I better learn this stuff." Yep, embrace it. Okay. Yeah. Now, look, I'd like to talk to you about just one instance, um, and uh, please forgive me, listeners who are not in Sydney and not aware of this restaurant chain, but we saw the um, apparent sort of collapse of a, of a little group called Miss Chu recently. Mm-hmm. You know, very high-profile business, uh, Vietnamese cuisine, lots of really funky little sort of uh, cafes that she, or restaurants that she was opening up. And then it all kind of headed south a bit quick. I know she's coming back from the ashes. But what went wrong in that sort of business? Well, you know, I look at uh, some of these businesses and I try and kind of do the... I, I'm not obsessive about it, but I, sometimes I just try and do the sums and try and see, you know, like rent in, you know, very expensive locations and this. And I I have to tell you, I could never quite see how the sums worked there. Mm. But the sums weren't working because, you know, there's a lot of superannuation, I think, that hasn't been paid and there's a huge amount of group tax that hasn't been paid. That's that's the money of the staff. Mm. I, I don't actually know if it was superannuation not paid, but I know the tax... You know, that was taken out of people's wages, which will come back to them on their tax return if they, if some of it, that wasn't paid. And the, I, I don't like that. No, and, it doesn't and, sound like a good and, strategy. And, you know, the, the, 
comment was made by the owner, well, if the tax department, they're the ones that put me out, you know, if mm. they hadn't, we were going to open more stores and that was going to solve our problem, the tax department bit back and they said, our business is not financing the expansion no, quite <laughs> of right. businesses. It's doing, you know, running a clean, um, modern tax system. If you want finance, you talk to someone else. Yeah. Um, anyway, th I think there's a lot of things that we don't know there. It's, you know, it was a very stylish, funky, hip kind of place. Mm. Um, I just get Yeah, it sounds up. like it was the, the dollars, clearly, and that's what came out the, on the some of the reports. The cash flow and I think the, the fixed expenses, you know, which is stuff we talked about before. So, look, what I'm getting from this is that anybody listening who's thinking of opening a cafe or a small shop or a small restaurant is get yourself close to somebody who really understands the, mm. the dollars. Do the number, yeah. Do, do the, the numbers. numbers. Mm. Okay. Well, look, my fi my final question to you, Ken, and thank you so much for joining us. Is um, I'd like to know who has been the greatest influence on you, and what did they teach you in your career thus far? Okay, well, that's a very good question. Okay, so when I was a cafe operator, I had a consultant who I worked with, and he was a man a fair bit older than me, and he just taught me a huge amount about how restaurants worked and the kind of rough and tumble of the business world. Because I I was a, you know, us Aussies were not kind of, you know, born with sort of the the hard-headed negotiation sort of, I don't know, spoon in your mouth. That's The metaphors are getting a bit weird here. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, I say we're not born with a selling gene either. We've got to okay. learn that stuff. And, yep. you know, tough negotiation. Just business is a bit of a tough, brutal business and I he taught me a lot about the trade of restaurants and cafes and a lot of things and you know that was really just fantastic it was hard mm. sometimes you know hard kind of had to unlearn things and be humble and listen and um but yeah that was really hmm. yeah, and was, had he been in the industry as well yes he yes had, he yeah, had. Okay. And, and in other areas of catering and overseas too okay you know he, he'd learned overseas where uh, you know, it was such life is so easy here mm. in so many ways. And, and tell uh, me, he, did you did you go out and find him, or did he find you? How did that process? No, I found him first, okay. and then we kept working together for All some right. time. So you were mm. looking for him, you actively looking. For I him. wanted a consultant. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I was, all, and I, I still am. I'm always someone who looks for. I want to be plugged into good advice. I want to ask people. I want to be challenged, and you know, I. I think that's served me in good stead for a long time. You know, I, I get, I, I don't have to be the person who is your, you know, guru for cafe or restaurant owners, but please get good advice and be challenged mm. by smart people, not your friends who are smart asses, but, you know, by... by <laughs> so let me ask you finally, experts. are we going to get you back in an apron? Are you, is your, is your... You're definitely not getting me back in the apron. No, uh, you're done, no your no. time is done, is it? Yeah, I, my, my, I like I like swanning around and uh, enjoying it. And I, I have a lot to do with the industry, right. but uh, I'm very happy as uh, sitting down at a table and uh, yarning or eating or drinking <laughs> excellent good well look ken bergen thank you so much for joining us so if people would like to find out more about you then go to profitablehospitality.com or .com today you uh, .com dot yes. .com okay and they can sign up for your podcast there and um, follow your work so ken thank you very much for sharing your time with us great to talk cheers thank you and that's where we'll leave this show from flying solo i'm robert gerrish and we hope you'll join us next time 
If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.